Hi, you're listening to We Just Like to Talk. I'm your host, Becky. And I'm Kara. This is a podcast for easy listening about hard subjects. Today's topic is... We're lazy cooks. So, Becky, a few years back, you were in the middle of figuring out what you wanted from your life, and you were deciding, I want to move to Montreal. And one of the things that you decided to do to help you prepare for that was you asked me to help you get a little bit better at cooking. You totally domesticated me. (laughs) (laughs) Because my previous method of Using my finger to cook, i.e. pushing a button on the microwave or phoning restaurants to do takeout was just not working for me anymore. Yeah. And although I don't think either of us would agree with the statement that a woman's place is in the kitchen. (laughs) (laughs) No. I I think... That I think that everybody benefits from having at least basic cooking skills. That's something that I believe very strongly. Mm-hmm. And our friendship really blossomed and grew stronger from our cooking sessions every week or every couple of weeks. Like you came over and we would pick a recipe ahead of time. We'd make sure we had all the ingredients. Uh, that's how we fell into kind of watching Buffy together. It just became a, this tradition that we would do every couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. We'd cook together. We'd watch a couple of episodes of Buffy. It brought us closer. I love it. And one of the things that I loved about it is you really helped me as well. So, like, I brought the skills to our partnership that mm-hmm. you maybe didn't necessarily feel comfortable with, but you brought a certain energy that kind of helped me to get out of the rut of cooking meals. You were, you were always sort of sending me these recipes that you had found online. And they were things that I would never have really thought about cooking for myself or by myself. But, you know, this is just another example of how our friendship helps me grow because you're always kind of pushing me out of my comfort zone. So I wanted to say yes. And I said yes. And I have found so many new staples to my cooking repertoire through our adventures of cooking together. So... I am excited to discuss in this episode with you how we got to this point. What is our history of cooking? How did we start learning how to cook? And then what is our cooking style like nowadays? Mm, I love it. I mean, I didn't always love it, but as you mentioned, you've, um, I mean, you really upped my game in the kitchen and, you know, you made me like more confident, like with my chopping skills and just like how a recipe can come together and I mean you remember this me being so by the book being like no but the recipe says this and you're like Rebecca it's fine like we can improvise and so I think you really taught me that you know unlike baking you don't have to be like as precise and you can kind of just like go with the flow and 
chase things and test things out Mm -hmm. and you really can't go wrong i mean unless you like burn the dish or something but (laughs) exactly yeah that's something i enjoy about cooking and it seems kind of counterintuitive for people who know me because I am such a creature of habit uh, and creature of routine. You know, I like my precision and I do enjoy baking as well. But mm-hmm. for me, cooking has always been an art and has always been very improvisational. And that goes back to how I primarily learned cooking from my dad. You know, I was lucky enough to grow up as a child with two parents, both of whom cooked, and my mom is a fan fantastic cook as well and she would almost every night have a great home-cooked meal for us and my dad would cook sometimes as well it wasn't ever the situation where it's like oh it's the woman's place to cook um and of course once I got older my parents separated and my mom moved out so it was just my dad myself and my brother and my dad started teaching me how to cook and I ended up taking on the responsibility of cooking one meal a week to help me practice and develop my skills, which I think that that was a nice way of teaching me some self-sufficiency. And I am very grateful to my dad for teaching me those skills, especially because when I ended up moving to England after graduating from university, that became so useful. Just like when you moved to Montreal. Otherwise, I would have been at the mercy of ordering takeout every single day. And I I don't really like takeout. I don't really like restaurant food. Like, I don't mind going to a restaurant with really good food. Yeah. But I don't want to eat, like, takeout every day. Not only is it expensive, but I I was spoiled. (laughs) I loved home-cooked meals because that's what my family had all the time. And... By God, I was going to keep having that when I went to England. And actually, my the second place I lived at, I had a landlady who she was surprised that I cooked so much. She said, you know, my previous lodger never cooked, right? So it, it, at first, she was kind of taken aback that I would be in her kitchen all the time. And she was like, wow, <laughs> like, you know, and we never really got on each other's toes. And my style of cooking has always been um, because I grew up cooking for two other people. I would like cook myself kind of a pretty big meal and have leftovers for like the next day or something like that. Mm -hmm. But, but yeah, so cooking for me is a skill that I learned from my dad and it, I, I associate it with independence and Mm self-sufficiency and my dad's style was very much, I have a couple of basic recipes and I'll change up the ingredients and I'll change up the, the flavor profile and that's where we go from there in terms of meals. And that was definitely something I tried to pass on to you. And I agree with you. I think you've you've really taken that lesson to heart because almost every single night now, you're sending me <laughs> these wonderful photos of stuff like stuff that I recognize that like, oh, we, we you know, we made pad thai before, but mm-hmm. you've like changed it and you've tried something different with it. And I love that. Yeah. Well, it's just so interesting, like hearing you talk about how you learn to cook and like just seeing the roles that your parents sort of played in that because while there are like similarities between our upbringing and like the roles that our parents played I I would say mine were definitely like very very traditional where my mom baked and my mom would like you know do most of the cooking in the kitchen and my dad would be like sort of like a sous chef and then when it came to barbecuing be like 
my dad was like at the forefront of that. Although it's 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 pretty interesting because I feel like in the last couple of years, especially when my dad had to live or was living in Edmonton for his work, my mom was on her own and I know she loves like barbecue food, especially in the summertime. So she has like no problem firing up the grill and doing that herself. But yeah, it's so it's 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 just very different in the fact that like my parents wanted to provide as much as they could and I think one one way they could do that was through feeding us, right? So mm-hmm. they I don't think they really thought of you know what what's going to happen to our girls when they move out like they they were not like the forefront of like really teaching us like how how to cook and um those skills i think they just figured like okay when they move out they'll figure it out somehow which is fine mm-hmm. i do feel like i learned some basics of like baking from my mom but getting her and i in the kitchen together like baking was a disaster <laughs> It was like it would end in a fight for sure <laughs> because she has like her way of doing things. And then, right. you know, I have like my my way of doing thing things or like, you know, if I if I just wanted to experiment with something like she would just be very hesitant because she'd be like, Rebecca, like baking is so precise. Like you need to do it like this. Like, listen to me. And then that's Mm -hmm. where I would just feel, like, really frustrated because I'm like, well, how else am I supposed to learn if I, like, don't make these mistakes myself, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. Like, using baking soda instead of baking powder or vice versa. Yeah, exactly. Or, you know, mixing the butter and the sugar together, you know, (gasps) doing it in a certain way or whatever. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, I mean... I don't know. I feel like I want to go back to my parents and be like, what was your plan for us to learn how to cook? Because you guys were just always in the kitchen and always providing for us that I don't think either one of us had a keen interest in learning. Like to me, I always, right? Like to me, I always looked at cooking as this like huge chore and undertaking. Mm -hmm. And then like thinking of like how much work it takes to prep it and then cook it. And then also to clean it all up afterwards. Yeah, I hate that part. That's why I like having a sous chef. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I agree. Because, I mean, let's be real. Like, it, it does take time. It does take energy. And not only that, but if you, you're planning your meals, like, then that's just something else altogether. And I just found the whole thing totally exhausting. Like, oh, now, like, we have to go to the grocery store and pick up ingredients. Like, that seems really tedious to me. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I was extremely spoiled in that regard, right? Like, I didn't – it was, like, at the time it was fine, but then it didn't do me any justice when I was, like, in my mid to later 20s. And I was like, "Uh uh-oh, like, now I want to move out, and I don't know how to do this, like, essential skill, so – yeah, they they really dropped the ball on preparing you to, you know, serve your future husband. <laughs> yeah, they really didn't domesticate me, <laughs> like, at all. I have you to thank for that. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, I owe a lot of my skills and my domestication in the kitchen to you, my friend, I would also like to share with the listeners something extremely thoughtful you did for me. 
before I moved away, if I'm allowed to. Yes. So you call it the Cara and Becky cookbook uh, recipes, and you, like, printed out all the recipes that we made together with, like, instructions and photos, and it's so professional. Like, it has the directions, and then it also has, like, little like little um, moments. So you you wrote like that time dot dot dot, and just like, you know maybe like what happened that night or like mm-hmm. a t- like the TV show that we watched or like the episode of Buffy that we watched. And I was just like so blown away because I'm like, not only did you take the time to help me learn how to cook and to really hone in on those essential skills, but then you took this crazy amount of time to like organize the recipes and like you know put pictures with them and like moments with them and because i remember you'd be like oh like don't forget to take a picture like of this day <laughs> I, like- I, ha- I i had it all figured out i will say um yeah. credit is due to our mutual friend camilla i roped her into doing the layout like the graphic sort of design aspect of it because yeah that's not my forte i could have done it if i needed to but she she was able to do it really quickly so thanks camilla yeah thank you camilla yeah i mean i still use that cookbook like anytime i'm Same. doing a recipe that we've done together right it's like so it's just so nice to pull it out and like you said have those memories and stuff i just i i realized early on mm-hmm. that this was something special and I also knew, obviously, you were moving away. I wanted to give you a couple of going away presents that would, you know, remind you of the good times that we had together in Thunder Bay and give you something to sort of keep you company. Because I knew, especially at the beginning of living in Montreal, you would be a little bit lonely because you were just starting to make connections and stuff. So I wanted to make sure that you had things that would remind you of home and would also be really practical because we we cooked all these recipes. I didn't want us to lose those like these are good recipes <laughs> so They're yeah great I'm, recipes. I'm really i'm really glad that we both get good use out of it and i also i titled the cookbook volume one so one of these days mm. you know it might take a little bit longer we are going to put together a volume two i love that and just as, like yeah just as much as i love it it's like it's so practical like i use this all the time Like, I'm pretty sure I make pad thai once a week, if not, like, every second week. Yeah, you make it a lot. So so let's talk a little bit about our favorite kind of, like, go-to recipes, either ones that we discovered together or ones that we've discovered since. So obviously... The pad thai is one of those. This is <laughs> this is a slightly Americanized version. So for those of you who have had, obviously, more authentic pad thais, it's not quite what you would think of with pad thai, but... It's quite easy to make at home if you don't have a ton of those more exotic ingredients. You just sort of stick with rice noodles, bean sprouts, you know, some kind of pepper mixed together, a little bit of sauce. Um, But yeah, it's good and it's so flexible. You know, you can do shrimp, you can do tofu, you can do chicken. So I really really like the pad thai. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, we would be remiss if we didn't talk about the cheesy chorizo orzo that you asked Mm. me to make one time. And one so time good. turned into two times, and the two times turned into, like, like every time we didn't have a clear, like, idea of what to make, it would just mm-hmm. be like, let's just make the chorizo orzo. Because it's so simple. You just buy pre-cooked chorizo, yeah. and you make orzo 
and then you you know you cook some veggies you stir fry up some veggies and you toss in the, the chorizo and you toss in some cheese and it's just like wow and i had never really had chorizo before that except here and there and again you just kind of like opened up my mind to like wow like i could really just expand my palate in terms of the different types of ingredients i use and that's really cool totally agree i think both of us also really like lentils like i think lentils are so easy and versatile like making like a lentil soup is just so easy and so yummy and then casseroles i feel like you also got me into casseroles like before that i thought of them as like a like a granny (laughs) like a granny Mm -hmm. type thing or like you know when you watch tv and it's like somebody has passed away and then somebody like brings a casserole so i just always equated it with that i was just like oh that's like a weird dish that you would bring to someone who's mourning right but there's a reason for that right like casseroles (laughs) are a staple because they're easy to make they're easy to transport they're very filling they're easy to freeze um it's funny because i i'm literally looking at a 75th anniversary edition of Joy of Cooking. Uh, it's currently being oh. used to raise up my monitor, but um, my dad <laughs> got it for me, I think, before I moved to England. I think I took it to England and I actually brought it back, which is a very heavy thing to do in your luggage. Um, uh-huh. And, like, I don't consult it all the time because these days, of course, you can just Google most shit and there's so many recipes online and all that. But mm-hmm. from time to time, especially when it comes to something like a casserole, you know, Joy of Cooking just has these really nice basic dishes that you can then embellish further. Mm-hmm. And that that to me is the power of casserole. Casserole is an idea. And you get to decide on the ingredients. Do you want to do rice? Do you want to do pasta? Do you want to do a potato casserole? You know, there's so many variations you can have on this one theme. Mm-hmm. And as I said earlier, it's the perfect meal. If you don't want to cook for the rest of the week, congratulations. You've made yourself a casserole. You're good. <laughs> No, I, and, and I totally agree with you, like, especially now. But I think, like, my when I had, like, these preconceived notions of, like, casseroles and, like, thinking that mm-hmm. they're so American and, like, like what do you put in them? Like, spam or, like, you know what I mean? It, they just didn't seem, like, healthy. Like, my idea before, anyway, was, like, they, they weren't that healthy. They're this, like, weird, you know, concept. But then when you got me into them and I was, like, oh, yeah, like, this makes sense. It's basically like a stir fry in a dish. Like the ways that you can just, you know, yeah. vary them, I guess. Stir fry is the other my other go-to kind of thing. And one of the things I mm-hmm. was trying to teach you, right, was that, the again, the idea of stir fry is just so flexible. And you can toss in any ingredients and you can cook them like that. And it's, you can produce radically different dishes depending on, really, the seasoning. And this is, to me, the one secret of cooking is... <laughs> I knew have, you were going to say this. <laughs> yeah, have a good spice rack. Have herbs yep. and spices. Because if you can change up... Like, there's nothing wrong with salt and pepper. But if you can change up how mm-hmm. you're spicing and seasoning your dish, you have access to so many different flavors. So you could make a lentil dish on Monday and a lentil dish on Friday... They mm-hmm. could be entirely different flavors. And when my friends compliment me on the flavor to my food, it's mostly just because I'm very precise and careful in terms of like which 
spices, which seasoning I use and how I mix them together. Uh, and that can that can take a dish to the next level. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with you on that. Like, yes, it's nice to have salt and pepper, but that gets very bland and, and boring, you know. Shout out to our friend Amanda for her famous mac and cheese recipe because... Hell yeah. Ooh, if you're like really craving something that's like cheesy and full of carbs, but at the same time super delicious... Highly recommend making like some sort of mac and cheese. I think the game changer for this one too is that there was breadcrumbs on top. And like, I don't think I'd ever seen that before. So I I don't know. It just like adds like a bit of a crunch, which is really nice. I don't know about you, but something else that I really love is seafood. I could eat seafood all day, every day. No joke. Like especially love shrimp. I love mussels. I could eat lobster every day if I could. Crab. You name it, I like it. Unless it's like, you know, like shark or... Unless it's like something like pretty out there. Um, Yeah, like ethical considerations, right? Yeah, that too. Yeah. But yeah, like what we usually think of as like the, the core of like seafood. So like one thing I'm trying to do more so these days is to eat less meat for Mm -hmm. a few different reasons um it's cheaper right meat is expensive it's probably one of the most expensive things that i buy in my groceries Mm -hmm. and uh also like i i don't have a huge ethical problem with eating meat but i understand that our industrial like factory farming system is quite unethical and quite cruel and yeah in general like our meat like our animal husbandry is a significant factor in climate change. And mm-hmm. so that's a side benefit. I would say the primary reason I'm trying to eat less meat is to save money, but I'm also kind of aware that there are these ethical considerations. And mm-hmm. that's why I love, like you said, lentils, um, seafood, just other sort of alternative protein sources. I know you'll disagree yeah. with me on this, Becky, but if I could find them fairly cheaply here, I'd try like crickets and stuff. Yeah, I'm not into that. <laughs> I tried we'll escargot once and like, I'm good. <laughs> I don't need to like diverge yeah. when it comes to that. But yeah, I, I, I do agree. And I think that's something so important. Like when it comes to food in general, it's just like find what works for you. Like mm-hmm. maybe keto works for a lot of people, but maybe that's, you know, not the right way to go for you. And mm-hmm. um, for me, I feel like when I... Because I hate to be so extreme and be like, I'm never going to eat gluten or I'm never going to eat dairy again. But Mm -hmm. I know that those things like tend to disrupt my gut. So I try Mm -hmm. to just be conscious of like how much I'm consuming. And like during the week, I am pretty good about like not having dairy or gluten. And then on the weekend, you know, I'll have like a chocolatine or some lint chocolate. Literally just ate that. Um. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting to me how like, you know, I I was reading a National Geographic article talking about food and how Mm -hmm. scientists have studied the various types of diets of various cultures around the world and, you know, the Mediterranean diet, the seafood diet, all that kind of thing. And Mm -hmm. 
I understand that certain diets have certain health benefits, but in my case, I just, I love variety, you know, and I think it's all all about balance. I don't want to have like three heavy meals in a row. I want to change it up. And to me, you know, the key of that is just obviously kind of like planning ahead of time, you know, what fresh ingredients will I need on hand for the meals I want to make this week, but also Mm -hmm. have a nicely stocked pantry where it's like, okay, what do I feel like as a starch? Do I want rice? Do I want couscous? One of the things that I've changed up since we started cooking together, Becky, is I have more than one type of rice. I have like three types of rice in my pantry Uh, because, you know, you kind of got me into making risottos. So I keep arborio rice on hand and I like basmati rice for certain uh, types of meals that I make. So, yeah, and couscous and quinoa and potatoes and pasta. It's like rice noodles. Like there's all sorts of things. So to me... Going back to this idea of like being a lazy cook, since that's what this episode is about, I would never call myself like a chef. I'd never call myself like a food nerd or whatever. I don't watch shows on the cooking channel. People who like make these elaborate meals where you spend like five hours in the kitchen piping things and making like special sauces and stuff. That's not for me. Because like you said, the cleanup is a bitch. Um, for me, a good meal is something you can make in about an hour or less. And if you can do it with one pan, that's better. Um, so that's my secret as a lazy cook is it is so achievable to make delicious food uh, quickly and cheaply. But it does take that initial investment of time to learn how to do it, right? But it is something you can do. You can be a lazy cook and also a satisfied cook. Ooh. Oof. Well said. I love all those tips. I think, (laughs) like, something that has worked for me, especially, like, during the pandemic, is just, like, planning my meals for the week. It's like, okay. I mean, it also makes it pretty easy considering I only cook every second night because my roommate and I alternate nights for cooking. Cool. Which is fantastic. Yeah, so something that's been... Very beneficial for me is like every Sunday I either go on Pinterest or I look in the cookbook that you put together and I'm like, okay, what am I going to have? What am I going to make during the week? What do I need to get? I do like one, maybe two grocery store runs depending on, you know, if I have to also go to Metro and like not just the fruitery. And similar to you, like I don't like to have meat every single night. I don't think that's necessary either to sustain like a healthy diet and I just don't think I'm the type of person that like I need to have meat you know what I mean like Mm. yeah so it's just a matter of asking like can I have a vegetarian dish or can I have a dish made with fish instead of you know red meat Yeah, so now that we've talked about how we learned how to cook, what we're doing currently, let's talk about future steps. So, Kara, what are some things you would either like to learn or acquire when it comes to cooking? Yeah, well, I've been in my house for three and a half years now. Mm-hmm. And every single summer, people ask me, do you have a barbecue yet? <laughs> I'm just like, <laughs> no, Um And it's interesting because when I was living with my dad, we had a barbecue and during the summertime, we would use the barbecue for almost every meal. That was how we would cook our meat because 
It's, you know, faster and in some ways better than a, a traditional oven. But when I moved out, I, I just didn't want to spend the money on one. And they're also, they're a little bit fiddly. Um, you know, mm-hmm. they can tend to break easily and stuff. They're, they tend to be over-engineered these days in terms of appliances. So I'm interested in getting back into barbecuing, but I don't know when... I will be ready to pull the trigger on spending that money for a barbecue. I feel like there's other things I'd rather spend that money on first, like dresses and shoes. <laughs> um, so so <laughs> we'll see. Maybe. Maybe in the future. Another thing I'd be interested in is just getting better at making pizza. Uh, Amanda bought me a pizza stone a couple of years back, and we've really enjoyed making pizza with that and i'm getting better mm-hmm. at like making my own pizza dough from scratch especially gluten-free pizza dough so it's just a matter of doing it more often to get used to doing it and getting comfortable mm-hmm. and uh, i also want to make more casseroles because i love casseroles and i just realized i need to make more soups i've got this cool mm. immersion blender and Soup always seems like this thing that seems like it's more work than it actually is to me. So every time I make one, I'm like, that was so easy and that didn't take long at all. But I'm always Mm -hmm. hesitant to make one. So I really need to make more soups because they're great. Soups are wonderful. Yeah, that's such a good point. Yeah, soups are so easy. You just like basically throw it in a pot and boil it and stir it every (laughs) couple of minutes or whatever. So what about you, Becky? What do you want to do? I think for myself, I would, I want to acquire like just better kitchen tools in general because when I moved into this apartment, it was very nice because it's fully furnished. Um, so I didn't have to worry about like extra knives, although I have bought um, a couple of smaller mm-hmm. knives, but I feel like they're not like up to par, like what I could yeah. Like could there, be using? Yeah, there's there's certain things that people get really snobby about when it comes to cooking. And then there's certain things like knives where people are those snobs are absolutely right. Good yes. sharp knives are a lifesaver. Yes. It was one of the most expensive things I bought when I got my own house. I bought <laughs> a knife set and it was like I think I got it on sale. I think regular price it was like $300 and I got it on sale and yeah. I I still have it, right? I'm hoping to have it for many many more years and yeah. Good knives are essential, so I'm totally there with you. Get some better knives. What else? Yeah, just like other things, like maybe like pots and pans. But I'm not, I'm not so mm-hmm. worried about it right now. But that's going to be mm-hmm. on the horizon when I get my own place. And then, similar to you, we do have a barbecue here, but I'm very hesitant in using it because I'm like, I'm, I'm really not comfortable using barbecues yeah. especially since i had a bit of an incident one time <laughs> well and is your yours is a charcoal one right no this is just like a like a regular like gas barbecue oh okay. um sorry so basically what happened was i think the gas was on for too long and then mm, yeah when I've we done went that. to light it yeah we went to light or <laughs> went to light it and then it wasn't almost at first, lo- lost your like, eyebrows yeah basically it's like basically exploded up and I was like, whoa, it was pretty scary. Um, Yeah, so I don't want to have any sort of fire and I don't want to get burned. So it does freak me out, but I don't know, maybe because that barbecue is a little older. So 
maybe when I do get my own place, I'll get like a like a smaller type of barbecue. And because really, I don't need like a huge, you know, mm-hmm. beast of a thing. I just need something that has like one or two grills on it, and you know, I'm good to go. Nice. I'm. I'll. I'll finish things off by just throwing out a controversial comment here, and Ooh, maybe some okay. of our listeners will want to write in and okay. uh, flame us a little bit. Cast iron pans, overrated. Oh, interesting. I said it. <laughs> uh, I understand their utility, especially considering that you know the chemicals that they put on nonstick pans are actually really bad for the environment uh, and right. for us. But yeah, I'm just honestly, I'm just too lazy. I'm too lazy to care enough to season my cast iron pan properly. So maybe I'm doing them a favor. Maybe I'm doing the the cast iron pan a favor by not taking it into my home because I would not be a good cast iron pan owner. (laughs) But yeah, any of you out there who love your cast iron pan, please write into us and let me know why I'm wrong. And (laughs) Becky, how can people get in touch with us if I'm wrong? Well... Email wise, it's we just like to talk at gmail.com. We also have a Facebook page, so you can send us a message through there. And you found us somehow, so well, I'm not going to tell you what, how to find us, but if you want, please give us five stars and subscribe to our podcast because that's how you get notified when there are new episodes. Awesome. Well, I can't wait until we're both in the same city again and we can cook together. Me too. And I can be your sous chef once again. Yeah. And uh, listeners, you don't know this, but in my kitchen, Becky has an apron all for herself. (laughs) Honorary apron. (laughs) 